My name is Denise Koy, your podcast host, and this week's guest is a good friend of mine, Sam Chels. She actually just opened up her own marketing agency in Miami in January, and I'm really excited to share this podcast. I know I always say that I'm really excited, but I'm really excited about this episode because she tells us a little bit about her story with how she ended up in marketing and how it kind of stumbled upon her life. She just fell in love with her career and now she's opening up her own marketing agency and thriving and it's so amazing to hear young entrepreneurs and people that are so passionate about their work and and talk about, you know, I guess their projects. And we also go into talking about, again, mindset and how important it is to always know that whatever you truly want is available to you. And it's just so, so crucial to actually believe that. Because if you truly believe in your goals and in what you aspire to do with your life, it will happen. Because your mind will automatically start looking for those opportunities and ways that it can occur. And it is possible. So I love to bring her in. I wanted to bring her in from the beginning because of her mindset and how she has been able to really stay positive in in certain struggles and be able to allow opportunities to come to her and you know not sit back also be working on them but allow good things to arrive in her life in her present moment and that is what I'm trying to do with this podcast be able to help you in any way possible create the life that you want to live so I really hope you enjoyed this episode let me know what you think yay welcome to Nudie thank you for having me I'm so excited. I've been I've been wanting to have you here for a really long time because I just love your mindset. I love how you express yourself on Instagram and just always talk about the books that you read and what you've learned and how you apply it to your life. And I just feel like people would love to hear about you, you know? Well, I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. I sometimes I feel like a fool when I'm on cuz I'm not not an influencer, right? I have, you know, most of my followers are people I actually know, which is crazy, but I sometimes just feel so inspired to just go on there and like you said I'll come across something or I'll read a book and I'll be like whoa this is something that applied correctly could really be life-changing and it's not always this grand you know school of thought or something like that but a lot of times it's just really little simple tweaks to a lifestyle that you know I already have and I'm a big fan of sharing those little wins because nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna go and tackle a big huge it's, it's very intimidating to think okay I'm gonna overhaul my entire life that's fewer people are willing to do that whereas it's much easier to say you know I'm just gonna do this one tiny little thing and I'm gonna try to do that one tiny little thing for a day a week whatever mm-hmm. and that's how I apply my life so I, I'm appreciative to the fact that no one out think you don't think I'm crazy because sometimes I'll oh my God, go no. back and like watch my stories and I'm like who am I even talking to you know <laughs> but I, I've always treated it like a diary like I, that's honestly how I think about it because I do love to look back over the the course of a year you know as long as my archive will go back I mm-hmm. love to look back at my stories and it's a really great trail of kind of personal growth it's interesting yeah. to see a summary or the highlights I guess of, of what I was reading what I was thinking and then over time for example the end of this past year I went back and I actually watched all my stories from 2022. Uh-huh. I was like, I got the time, whatever. And I sat there and watched all my stories. And to watch the progression of 
what I got interested in. I kind of had this interesting interaction in the very beginning of last year um, with the theory school of thought of Abraham Hicks, and I just went down the rabbit hole and read. How I think that's when I met you yeah. when you when you were reading Abraham Hicks. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I love this. Yes, <laughs> and and I, I started off watching like. I would fall asleep listening to these little YouTube segments and they were these animated videos of Esther Hicks doing mm-hmm. these talks and I would just fall asleep listening to them and I was always so attracted to them because it was all just about controlling your thoughts. And I was like, that's real good. That, that's not attached to some religious theory or some super, it's like, just control your thoughts. That's like a very tangible thing. And then listening to the videos turned into buying the books and then reading the books and then from there it was just kind of this like domino effect I guess and then all of a sudden I looked back and it's like October and I've like met this guy who I love so deeply and my job is absolutely crazy and I and I I wasn't doing anything in my head monumental beyond just those little tweaks and changes kind of that I was reading in those books and that kind of made I think at that point pretty early on actually I started sharing what I was reading in those books because there's just you know when you feel something mm-hmm. and you're like oh like and it gives you that feeling and you're like this is so valuable like I have to share I have to share I have to share and I think that's definitely I try to share only positive stuff I try to be genuinely happy and helpful in the things that I do share but I try to do it always from the perspective of you know if you have space to do this do this because no one likes to be pontificated at no one likes yeah. to be like you need to do this and you need to no, do it right no. now it never lands you didn't mm-hmm. like it when you were a kid and your parents were telling you that. You're not going to like it as an adult right now, no matter who's telling you. So it's like, it's really funny to kind of use Instagram as a tool versus we get, all you hear is bad. Like social media in general, all the, all the narrative is almost always, it's bad for you. It's so, it's, it's negative this and whatever. But in reality, like anything else, it can be used in a proper, like a positive exactly. way. And that's kind of the interaction that I try to have with yeah, I noticed with, with, especially with Instagram, like I've muted the, the accounts that I don't or unfollowed and then I kind of crafted my following or who I follow mm-hmm. to be just very positive, very like if I'm down, who do I want to see mm-hmm. or what's going to make me happy or what's going to help my mindset or whatever. And now when I go on the on the app, I never really get like this negative that, like, feeling. Yeah. Like, because it's it's like literally I, I only see like the good things that I want to see right and and I love it I just feel like you can craft your life like that oh. and that's also how how you start focusing in your life mm-hmm. with different things like whatever happens to you you start really honing down to what's happening positively versus negatively but the reason why I loved when you when you I guess when I started following you mm-hmm. and you were like Abraham Hicks I feel like when you are ready to read that book is when you are so tired of like not living the life you want to live. Just wondering, wondering like the what if. Like you're yeah. consumed in the what if or the why not, right? Yeah, and it's like why can't some people like live the life that I want to live and I don't? Yeah. Like I can't do that yeah. or something. And so not a lot of people are ready to read that book. And it's not, it's, I think that's with anything in life, right? Like it comes to you when you're ready for it. That's anything. That's us sitting here having this conversation right now. That's meeting the person you're eventually going to spend your life with. Like it comes to you when you're ready for it. But there is also, I think, a, a level of kind of seeking, like you said, that has to be there. You do have to have a curious mindset and you have to be open-minded enough to recognize the opportunity of something coming into your life. Because like you said, if you're not, if you're in that negative all the time mindset, the opportunities are going to blow right by you. Rather, mm-hmm. that's opportunity to learn something new, to open yep. your mind to something, to you know, to expand your thoughts on something, and it can just be challenging a lot of times to stifle 
you know, that what if part of yourself in order to progress to that version that you want to be. You mm-hmm. know? And, and, and I think we all have that ideal version. We all definitely, everybody knows this, this aspirational version of self, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's silly sometimes that I think most people, not even some, but most people actually think that that version of themselves is unattainable. And that's heartbreak. Like, that's not really an option in my life. Like, I, I've, I've long decided that I am not about that. Like, I am going to be the exact person I want to be, and I'm going to live the life I want to be. And I know that because I'm going to do the work to get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I really, and this is it through, I think I felt this way anything or anyways. And then part of what really attracted me to Abraham Hicks was that it was giving language to things that I already kind of felt and knew. But I'd never heard someone explain it so articulately and so beautifully, right? And and their big tenet is basically, you get what you think about, rather you want what you think about, or you do not want what you think about. So if, it, if you just keep that simple dichotomy in your head, and you're like, okay, well, that means I should only think about the things that I want. That doesn't mean you're never not going to think about the things you don't want. Right. You have to be aware enough to catch yourself and say, oh, wait, I'm doing that, that don't want thinking. Mm-hmm. Flip it. What do you want? Yeah. And, and it really is as simple as that. And I would say that, the and my life was good before interacting with Abraham Hicks. Let me be clear. Like I was already on my high flying. I was gonna ask you, yeah. like, where, have you always been a positive person? Oh, for sure. My mom, uh, like, literally, a nickname is like Little Miss Sunshine. I've always been like naively optimistic in some cases, but I've, I've definitely always had the innate ability to kind of see the sunny side of life. Um, and I'm fortunate. I feel very blessed yeah. in that regard because I don't really sit in the seat that I didn't choose my demeanor. Like you know, the light that popped into me when I was born. I mean, some people believe that you chose that path for yourself, but I don't know that I do. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I was kind of inclined naturally to be positive. And I think that's why these things, I seem exemplary to some people like in, in regard because they're like, wow, like not only is she actually happy and actually doing the things she wants to do with her life, she's also sharing it with other people. And it just comes from a place, I don't know. I really feel like I just finally kind of, managed to take that positive nature that I already had and sutured it together with not just the Abraham Hicks stuff, but over the years, you know, with yoga and meditation and all these different things and managed to find this kind of formula of developing myself. And I don't want to say it was on accident, but it kind of does feel like it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I think most people who you look at and you see, wow, their life is good. And you ask them, was it hard work or luck? I think a lot of people would say luck. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there was tons of hard work in there too, but ultimately it's identifying those lucky moments and capitalizing on them too. But you worked hard and then mm-hmm. the opportunity arose, like, yes. arise well, at the same time. You create your own opportunities, right? I'm sorry? You create your own opportunities. Exactly, exactly. But you also have this hard work. And sometimes you don't realize that you're, you're, ma- you're doing the work. Sometimes you don't, especially when you're a very positive person. You're already doing the work you don't think you are Mm -hmm. because naturally it comes to you. Mm -hmm. But someone that grew up in a very negative childhood or like, you know, their parents are very negative. It's a struggle. It's work to get out of this mindset, you know, all your life, like trying to think positive, positive. And then when something does happen that's really good, you're like, man, I work for that. Yeah, and I think it's important to, whether you're a positive person or a negative, whatever your natural kind of inclination is, something that everyone I know could benefit from is recognizing their good moments and actually stopping and patting themselves on the back. Like actually stopping and recognizing the fact that I made this happen. 
I had help along the way, of course. Most things yeah. don't happen in a silo. You always have to appreciate the people that have helped you along your path. But ultimately, you're the driver of your life. And when you have these moments, if it's buying a house, if it's getting a new job, whatever it is, you have to, you have, it, it's so healthy. And I actually love the act of looking back and trying to find the starting point. Yeah. You know, I, I, always, I did this for, so I grew up in southern West Virginia, right? Like tiny, small town. The exact opposite of Miami mm-hmm. Beach. Like, imagine the opposite. That's where I came from, right? Wow. And I ended up here. And I love this. They kind of look. How did back. you end up here, though? Oh, God. It's a, it's a, it's a long story. <laughs> Not really. Um, so I came down here for a wedding the spring break of my junior year of college. I was a plus one, my boyfriend at the time, to a wedding that he was in. Um, came down here. And we were West Palm Beach. And then... Ended up going to Delray Beach for a day just to go and up and down the Ave and go be tourists or whatever. And we ended up walking into this little um, handmade activewear shop that was because I, I studied fashion design in school and it said handmade activewear, you know, locally made. And I was like, I want to check this store out. Mm. So we walk in there and the store attendant, lo and behold, was from the same city in New Jersey as my boyfriend at the time and the friend that we wow, were with. So we okay. start, you know, sh- you know, having conversations, whatever else. And the next thing I know, I'm on the phone with the owner of this boutique and because mm-hmm. I had to have an internship to complete my college degree okay and next thing I know I'm talking to the owner of this boutique and we're having this amazing conversation and I leave out of there just like okay that's crazy go back to West Virginia you know after spring break is over and maybe like a week later I get a phone call from the owner of the company and she's like hey we'd love for you to do your internship with us like what would you think uh-huh. about that and obviously having only lived in West Virginia to that point and with the pr- prospect of living in South Florida I was like uh, yeah, but I'd already <laughs> signed my lease for my new apartment. I was a college kid. I couldn't afford to rent, you know, that whole situation. I was like, let me try to figure some stuff out. Right. Like two hours later, the woman we met in store, her name's Evangeline, absolute angel. She calls me and she's like, sweetheart, I know this is a long shot, but I am like a 55-year-old divorced woman. I live in this giant house by myself. If you would be comfortable, you can come live with me for free this summer and do the internship with us. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, say less. I'll <laughs> be there as soon as school is out. Like, I will be there. Yeah. And I went there and it was the most, I mean, it was the most amazing experience. First off, she you was were like, meant to come and do that. 100%. So she's this like Italian Nona. She's cooking me dinner every oh night. God. Like the most wow. amazing thing. And I remember when I was packing up my car to leave for, you know, to go back to school to finish school. Um... She says to me, sweetheart, just promise me that one day you'll pay this forward. And I was like, you have my mm. word. Like, no questions asked. So that was What an angel. 100%. 100%. So I had to go back to school to finish school. Um, but when it came time, after having lived on here for a summer, when it came time to start looking for jobs and what I was going to do, I was like, I'm moving to Florida. I only mm-hmm. look for jobs down here, whatever else. So I started applying to jobs. And then I got a management internship with Nordstrom. Uh, in Boca Raton and graduated May 13th put my stuff in my car and was starting work at May 16th at North oh my Boca God. Raton so it was just kind of again I just I call it like following the thread of life mm-hmm. like I, I recognized opportunity mm-hmm. I'd done things to create opportunity for myself and I look back now and those were some of the most not even some of the most probably the single most important decisions I've made to my life in this point because mm-hmm. there is no doubt that my life would be drastically different and I'm not to say in a negative way, but it's hard to imagine it being better than what it is now had I not made those choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of followed. I mean, that was in 2016. So now it's been, holy cow, it's been like six years. That's oh my seven God. years. That's crazy. Been, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so it just kind of all, that's how I ended up in South Florida. And then 
spent some time at Nordstrom. Because again, I studied fashion design. Um, worked up through the ranks there for a couple years. Really enjoyed the work that I did, but hated working retail hours. Did not vibe with the crazy retail it's hard. schedule. Yeah. And it, was a hard, it was a lot of hard work. And this was in that era where you know, department stores and things like that are starting to crash and burn. And it was really hard oh. to be a commission salesperson. It was even harder to manage a team of commission salespeople and keep them motivated. And right, keep, yeah. You know, it was, it was challenging. Um, so I started looking for, I guess, avenues out. I'm realizing now as I'm talking to you about this that a lot of the good things in my life have come through the people that I have dated because um, at, I guess that means I have good taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, good um, for you. Yeah, right? Um, but I, at the time, uh, probably kind of, I was kind of getting really just drawn out and worn out of, of that retail lifestyle. Um, I was dating a guy named Phil and Phil was big into like drop shipping, internet marketing. Okay. Before it was yeah. like a thing. Like now it's a pretty well-known thing. But he, <clears throat> they were ahead of the curve back then. Wait, what year was this? This would have been like 2017, maybe. And you literally—that's such a great, you yeah, know, yeah, gateway 100%. into it. Yeah. So he was, um, he and his business partner were doing a lot of drop shipping stuff. They needed someone to do their, um, like their ad images and their ad creative and shoot uh-huh. the images for. They would, you know, all these different things and having had the fashion like the content. Yeah, basically before okay. we had, it wasn't even we right. didn't even have a word for that then. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like there wasn't even like you know we didn't even have the language for that then, and. Um, I studied design in school and I had that background and I was like, oh, I, I could totally do it for you, right? So initially yeah. I was just kind of helping them out, creating the ad images, their little videos, their product descriptions and things like that. And then I started getting curious as to what was happening to all those things after I passed them all. I'm like, okay, right. what's happening? And they were advertising on Facebook predominantly. Um, so they started introducing me to what's called media buying, basically bidding on the Facebook ad network to get your ads out there to, so people can see it and buy them. And Turned out I had kind of a knack for it. It's very puzzle-like, and I really enjoyed it. And um, he looked at me one day and was like, hey, I found this entry-level media buyer job for you at this place called Giddy Up. You should apply. And I was like, okay. Like, well, I had no experience. You know, uh-huh. like I had a little bit of experience through them, but I was like, but okay. But what, what would you do, essentially? Like, I would Facebook? have been an entry-level media buyer. So it was across the board, a bunch of different ad networks and things like that. But um, basically... I had no clue at the time taking the job what I was going to be doing. I uh-huh. didn't know what that looked like. Um, and apply for the job, and lo and behold, <laughs> they hired me. This completely inex- I mean, I had zero experience. That is, like, wow. Zero it was experience. like handed to you, literally, too. Literally, wow. And I had zero experience. And I was like, okay, so Giddy Up was the name of the company. They're still around today, I'm sure. They're all still around. I know them all. I still have great connections with them all. Actually, the person who was my direct report boss then. I'm actually working for it now in a weird turn of events that we kind of came full circle. It's Uh an interesting story as well. Um, But yeah, I got my toes wet with the media buying side of things. I worked there for almost two years, I think. Yeah, almost two years. And in that experience, and and in that, I got invaluable experience because I was working with the boss whom I work for now still. formal googler like absolute whiz like i was basically getting my cool. master's degree you know oh and this kind God. of stuff with getting paid to do it it was yeah. just the most ideal situation again and i was just kind of doing what i felt was right in regards to my job it wasn't i didn't have i still don't have these grand career aspirations sometimes i look at where i'm at in my career and i'm like what <laughs> how did i you know how did i get here how did i do this um and after about two years with them, I was in a position where I had been there for a while. I was doing really good work, but I felt undervalued. I felt like in my heart, I was like, I... I like you're ready. 100%. I felt undervalued. So I got sent off. They sent me off to... Um, it's called Affiliate Summit West. So, so basically this giant affiliate marketing trade show out in Vegas. 
and it's a very male-dominated industry um, and to be good at it and a female was just only to my advantage in that whole time right so we're going wow. out there doing the client um, client relations taking our biggest clients to dinner doing all these things eating at all these nice restaurants and I'm just meeting a lot of these people face to face for the first time on the internet I'm just I'm Sam Young right so yeah a lot of people thought I was a guy they didn't even realize that I was a girl behind all these emails <laughs> oh my and all God, these messages yeah. and stuff you know so they're like oh wait you're Sam I'm like yeah I'm Sam yeah because your name yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah. so um I go <laughs> That's there hilarious. yeah I'm having all these dinners and all these different things and I'm just schmoozing, meeting people, like whatever, and ended up sitting at the chandelier bar at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, if you know, you know. Um, and I'm just talking to one of my like former clients I'm still in contact with now and he's like, I need to introduce you to somebody. And I'm like, okay. And he introduced me to this lady named Carrie and she was like, oh my God, you're amazing. And next thing I know, I'm quitting my job at Giddy Up because I got totally poached at the <laughs> event that they sent me to. I felt so bad. You're at the hotel, the flights are yeah. paid for by them, and I'm coming back like, oh my God, I'm about to, I'm I'm about to quit. My job. <laughs> so um, I, I did. I went off and I started working for this company based in LA called AdNet. Basically the same thing. I was still doing the media buying, but it was less product focused and more, and it's not even relevant anymore. The internet has changed so much th since then, but I was doing what's called keyword arbitrage. And I'm not even going to try to explain it because it's boring and it's not. But all you need to know is that it didn't last. The internet didn't allow it to persist much longer. So I worked there up to the beginning of, I guess, yeah, maybe through the middle of 2020. But like, yeah, because I was definitely working there when all the pandemic stuff started happening. Um, but I saw the writing on the wall. I saw how, because there was a lot of technical changes happening mm -hmm. on the back end of the internet and all these ad networks and stuff that were making it very challenging to be kind of a middleman advertiser. Okay. And that's basically what I was doing there. I was a middleman. I didn't own a product. I didn't work for a company. I was just okay. in the middle, like exchanging rates, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw the writing on the wall. And then in that time, while I was working for them, I like I just had an itch I was like all right I'm gonna move to Miami Beach I don't know I literally mm -hmm. just woke up one day and was like I didn't move all the way to oh, South you moved Florida here when, during COVID mm -hmm, the very oh, beginning wow. of COVID yeah okay so I didn't you know I was like I told myself I was like I didn't move all the way from West Virginia to South Florida to not do Miami proper like let yep. me do Miami yeah proper, right <laughs> so um because of COVID, the very beginning of COVID, people were desperate to rent their units. I got this amazing little apartment for like next to nothing. Oh you know? my God. And I was like, okay, say less. Um, and then, you know, started living down here. And then through again the path of life, I met who was going to be, didn't know, my next boss, David Suarez, owned a company called Lifestyle, Lifestyle Skincare. Um, and we knew that we had mutual interests as far because he did, was doing basically what I was doing media buying, creative strategy, and things like that, but for this company. Okay. And he was, overwhelmed and tired of doing it and so he would for months long before I ever considered actually leaving my job at the time I was like Sam you should come work for me like, you should come work for me you should come work for me and I was like no I don't want to work for a friend I don't, I don't want to work uh -huh. for a friend I really don't want to do that um, and then things started, started changing in the advertising market and then one day I walk into David's house and he and his dad are sitting there like business style at this long table with like their hands folded and they have like an employment contract and I was like what is this and he just kind of like slid it over to oh me my God. and it had like a job title and a number on it where I was like oh I can't say no to this wow <laughs> was like I absolutely this was during COVID this was probably when you moved to Miami yeah maybe maybe May of okay. like 2020 something like mm -hmm. that um and I was like well can't say can't say no to that one so um yet again 
if you, if you can't tell, I'm definitely not a proponent of sticking around in a job to get tenure. I am so on the other side of that. Like, if you don't feel valued, get the hell yeah. out of here. I'm so big on that. Yeah. Um, and then I went and I basically ran the entire e-commerce division of LifeSell for basically another two years um, and got invaluable experience. David was excellent at what he did, had a different nuanced experience. This was the first time I'd ever worked for a brand doing what I did as opposed to an advertising agency. Interesting. Yeah, it was a big shift uh, because I got to be involved in product development and, you know, a lot more stuff. So I got It was very, like, uh in-house. And I got to grow my my business development knowledge and, and just overall, it was a really really valuable experience for me um but sometimes you know personal interpersonal relationships in the workplace just don't pan out and i was right that i didn't want to work for a friend i was absolutely right in that regard and things kind of came to a head and that was the beginning of 2022 so i quit lifestyle literally i'm not i was reading i was reading abraham hicks maybe go back to abraham (laughs) i was reading abraham hicks book on the beach like february of last year um and I forget the passage. I read this passage in the book, and I read it again, and I just was like, oh, my God, I have to quit my job. Oh, wow. I, it just was, came clear as day. It became clear as day. And it was just such an overwhelming feeling that I was like, I need to talk to somebody about this. Like, I oh. need to make sure that this isn't just, like, a manic kind of feeling. Yeah. You know? So I called my friend Ryan, who's, like, one of the most, like, into and plugged in spiritual people that I know. <laughs> I was like, Ryan, can you meet me at the Purple Lotus? Like, I, I just need to. He's like, actually, I'm already at the Purple Lotus. I was like, perfect. <laughs> I need to talk. And I sat and talked to him with him for, like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I ended up feeling very validated, you know, and how I was and how I was feeling mm-hmm. and quit my job the next day with wow. nothing lined up. With yeah. nothing lined up, and but I knew. It'd but be it good. was your body telling you, hundred percent. But I knew financially I was good for a few months. Mm-hmm. Like I made great money at what I was doing there, so I knew mm-hmm. I could. And I knew that I had a skill set where I was gonna find another job. Like finding mm-hmm. another job wasn't an if, but a when. Yeah. Um. And I told myself I was like, all right, I'm just gonna take like a sabbatical, and I enjoyed it. I ended up being off work the whole month of March, which in Miami is Miami Music Week. And oh my god, you yeah. know, so I had, you yeah. know, it was like the perfect, you know, what a situation. perfect time, exactly. So I'll never forget, I was sitting on the beach with my good friend Mel. We're sitting there. I'm just living out these retired vibes. Like I'd done some job interviews. I'd had a couple offers, but nothing felt right. So I was I was really just enjoying the mm-hmm. retired life. And laying on the beach in front of the W Hotel with my friend Mel, my phone rings, and it's my very first boss at Giddy Up, John Belcher. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, like I hadn't talked to him in a while. You know, we kept a good relationship, mm-hmm. but I hadn't talked to him in a while. And he was like, hey, like, what's up how are you I'm like, oh, good what's going on and he's like so i just started working for this company and i need someone to fill this role and, and, and i think it's perfect for you and like here's the salary amount and here's the job description what do you think and i was like uh okay <laughs> you know no yeah, way 100%. so that was just no and I, I had the benefit of already having worked with john and so i knew he was a good boss i'd already learned mm-hmm. he literally laid the foundation for every bit of knowledge i have in the digital marketing space as it stands now mm-hmm. um and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. So then I came Did he on. know you were looking, though? No. Wow. How crazy is that? I know. Wow. I know. I know. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. But I'm not starting till the end of April. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to extend. <laughs> I'm extending this as long as I can. So I, I love out. that so yeah. much. I ended up well. spending like two months not working, which was the first time I'd not worked since I was literally in high school. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was yeah. one of those people that I liked it. I worked all through college. I enjoyed having my own money. So by the end of it, I had like 
gotten all the wiggles out. I'd gone on a couple trips. I'd, you know, I had a great time. And then I settled in and John and I started working for a company called Tinex Systems, which is basically an advertising agency that was, and all the clients were, I'm trying to explain this simply. So we were a digital advertising agency and all of our clients were clients of a fulfillment warehouse that the company we worked for owned, if that okay. makes sense. Like mm-hmm. our, our, yeah, yeah. our predominant client is, uh, and we still, they still work with us now, it's called Primal Nutrition, and then they had all these little subsequent clients that we would do their advertising for. I see. Um, worked there literally until January 1st of this year. Uh, John and I had come up to a really great, um, set of processes all the clients we had onboarded and brought on were seeing really massive success and we had done so by developing what we were calling the diversification code because in the face of digital advertising most businesses especially small businesses but pretty much businesses of all size are almost completely dependent upon like a single advertising network right like they only are really good at advertising on Facebook but they have no presence on Google they have no presence in all these yeah. different places and we understood that just kind of like playing the stock market diversification is going to hedge your bets a little bit, right? Um, So we had been working on literally writing a book and all these algorithms and things of what we were calling the diversification code. And we had gotten to the point where it was just honed in and like perfect. So we went to our big boss at the time and we're like, hey, we think this could be a product. Like we think we could market what we have developed as a product to bring in new clients, do whatever. But is it like a service product kind of? Yeah, basically. basically, But it's like, so in short, we would, we have these methods and all these, I mean, you name it, every type of document, mm-hmm. every type of plant, everything. We come in, people come, these businesses would come to us. We would say, hey, either we can do it for you mm-hmm. or we can actually, because we have this whole education platform, teach people in your company how to do it so you don't have to trust that. a janky agency anymore, right? Um, and we pitched this to the big wigs at the company there. And they were like, yeah, that sounds great, but just so you know, that'll be our IP. Like, that'll be our intellectual property. And my boss was like, no way so what did he do he plucked me up and all of our co-workers up and we actually just started off on our own uh, kind no of the way same thing. yeah it was called burp uh the company's called burp it's a digital advertising agency and again our big thing is the diversification code and that's what we do we help companies diversify grow and scale their business across 22 different ad networks um, and we not only can do it for you if that's what you want that obviously comes at a cost but we can educate teach people at your company how to do it because there's a big misunderstanding i think in the digital advertising world that it's hard and i say that say that understanding that it makes me sound like i don't have a hard job but um it's something that anyone can learn if you could understand how if you can understand how to build a facebook page or you know write a blog post or anything like that you can be a digital advertiser but you just have to know how these systems work it's like anything else um and we've been doing that since literally january one we started off on our own so this is kind of our newest venture um that's so cool yeah but it's been again like i look back on that again like following the fa- that story and it's like how a single spring break trip in you know 2016 2015 whatever it was has just unfolded my life in a way that i could have never imagined because had you asked me at 18 years old what is you know 28 29 but you know what, what's the next what's 10 years from now gonna look mm-hmm. like i would have been so wrong and not because wow. I was did not because yeah. I didn't think I was capable of any of the stuff I was doing. No, you now. just never know. I had yeah. no clue. I had mm-hmm. absolutely no clue. And when people ask me for advice, I'm like, I don't really have any advice beyond just make the next logical step. Like make the next right decision. Don't get so caught up on the how. You know what I mean? Like don't get the long term. Like it's valuable to know where you want to end up, uh-huh. of course. But it's not valuable really to get so bogged down 
and the details of how you're going to get there that again you miss opportunities that are presenting wow. themselves to you because yeah. you think the next step step one is this but actually the universe is like actually this is step one wow. but you're not even seeing it because you're so fixated on what your version of step one is exactly. and and it's just like I, I really think if anything my current point in life has been I don't want to say accidental but like I really don't know a better word for it yeah because you know? like it's just been really like a coincidence kind of it is like really like predicated on like being a good decision maker mm-hmm. and like listening mm-hmm. to those yearnings when i was like oh my god i have to quit my job yeah because that's cr- like most people would not have nothing lined up and quit a job i couldn't have imagined myself doing that a few mm-hmm. years ago you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i could have never imagined that for myself and yet here we are and it was yeah. again one of the best decisions i've ever made because every single one of those kind of jump scare moments that i've experienced mm-hmm catapulted me into the next phase right Mm -hmm. and it's like when you start having those kind of accidental successes i think that's what happens needs to happen to everyone is that everyone needs to have like a a very clear moment of like wait how did this happen like a good thing yeah wait how did this happen because then you naturally go into that kind of reflecting process and and i and i think that's also part of the problem is a lot of people don't they're so fixated on where I want to go, where I want to go, that they don't take time to look at where they have been and what they have done. Um, because your own patterns will show you a lot about yourself. That's so beautiful. And because you were able to be open about your mindset, about, okay, fine, sure, I'll work, you know, unexpectedly, like, yeah, I'll, I'll drop, like, my plans. You probably didn't even have plans. Or did you even have plans? Like I had no, like, when I say I had zero career aspirations, I mean it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not one of those people that was like, I want to be this when I grow up. No That way. was not me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I, like, my thing, and it sounds so cheesy to say, but, like, I was like, I just want to be happy. Like, I want to live a good life, and I want to be happy. Those were kind of always the things that I was very, very focused on. Um, so I feel almost... Sometimes I definitely feel a little bit of imposter syndrome because now I'm at a director level, I'm, like, I'm managing teams of people, and I'm really kind of running the boat, and, and it's like, Me? Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm wow. like, wait, you guys wrote me? <laughs> and and, it, and it's just interesting because I think we're very much brought up to think that we have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you do. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't know that you do. Thank you. At least not far away plans. Like, it's, it's cool to have goals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, intentions. Mm-hmm. Intentions are so, so important. Like, like what you said, I just want to be happy yeah. and I want to be at peace and I just want to live my life. Mm-hmm. That's your intention. Yeah. And you're you're holding on to your intention. And being able to like easily maneuver through your career to find where you're at right now, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's it's also like trusting your body, it's trusting the universe, it's trusting your own decision making. That's the hardest and, part sometimes. But also following that intention. Like you like when you were talking about how I just want to quit my job when you're at the beach. Yeah. Like something didn't align with your intention that you've had for yeah. such a long time it just it just didn't align yeah. so you're like mm, am i going crazy let me go talk to someone and that's such a scary you know? feeling right like those moments when when you're understanding that like okay mm-hmm. i'm definitely the one making this decision and what if it goes wrong right we all get yeah. so our what ifs everybody's what if mine oh it does us all so dirty yeah. it really does because mm-hmm. it keeps you from going beyond your comfort zone a lot of times right it keeps you from from being willing to try something new it keeps you from just really being open to experience because again like if you look back on your pattern you're like okay well I've always done it this way so like and and things are pretty good Mm -hmm. so like I guess I should just continue to do it in that manner but it's like should you 
Should you? Because it's so hard. It, it's very mm-hmm. easy for, I don't know if you've noticed this. It's very hard, easy for me to get convinced by other people. It's very challenging for me to convince myself of something, you know? And, and it's like, and it's funny because who knows you better than you? Like you should be mm-hmm. the easiest person to convince yourself that's of so something. That's so true. You but know? that's, that's also, it, maybe it came from a place where you're like, you didn't trust yourself enough to be like, well, someone else knows a better answer yeah. than myself. Yeah. And, but you get to a point in life where you're just like, I know what's best thing for me. Yeah. Like, how am I? Yeah, you can ask people yeah. and maybe like talk, like like how you talk to your friend. Like, yeah. can like reflect. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Mm-hmm. It's your body. It's your feelings. Like, what is it that that you want out of this job or whatever? And you you trusted yourself. You're like, wait, I can I can do this. Well, and, and it's not even. I don't know. It's like I can figure it out. You yeah, know, it's not even. Sometimes I think it's like, man, we you want to when you have these questions and these big moments come up and you think you have to have the immediate final answer right now and to my experience at least that's not usually how it goes right like you have to kind of sit with whatever the event is if it's like yeah. moving or getting a job or like whatever it is you kind of have to sit in it and you have to actually sit so long in it that you feel the uncomfortable parts of it right like you have to I think on discomfort is a really for me at least and this may not be for everyone but for me discomfort is like a very good motivator I am definitely one of those people if I am uncomfortable or unhappy or discontented in a situation I'm not gonna waller in it like I'm not one of those people that said like if I don't like it I know I can change it and therefore I will Um, right and and I think a lot of people because again they're so in their comfort zone that they don't allow themselves to get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and well that's fine like if you don't want to be uncomfortable that's fine but that also means you're likely going to be probably complacent and repeating those same exactly. things and not learning those lessons and and it can, but it can be so hard to see sometimes and i also want to kind of just a caveat to all of this is that i think it does take a certain degree of stability in your life to even be able to focus on these bigger schools of thought as far as like how can i have better thoughts how because if, if you're if it's if you're struggling to pay your bills if you're struggling to put food on your table and things like that you don't have the space in your head to you think really about don't it. you don't you yeah. don't you're in survival mode and i up to the point that i got the job at the show in las vegas i was still very much you know i was making like forty thousand dollars a year living in mm. south florida you know like that oh, was a yeah. tough life you know yeah. and, 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 and it's like at that point, um, I didn't have, I was in survival, I was literally in fight or flight, like mm-hmm. quite literally in fight or flight, you know, wasn't really sure what the next plan was and things like that. And it wasn't until I secured by the grace of the universe, you know, kind of that first job that let me, oh, wow, I can save a little money. Like once mm-hmm. I started having those feelings of security in a financial sense, in a career sense, only then did the spiritual kind of esoteric ways of the world start to open up to me. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't. You can't focus. You really can. And I sit there now having, you know, years down the path of having the comfort, you know, the, the financial security to be able to really explore those facets of life that I have a lot of sympathy for people who are kind of stuck in the in, in the wheel. And, and, and mm-hmm. I don't know a better way to describe it, but I wish I could find a way outside of being financially secure and, and stable and things like that to give people access to those schools of thought. Mm-hmm. And I think... Some people are able to access it just by pure curiosity. Right. Know? But I, I do think that there has to be, like, I, 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 I really believe that it's it's hard to focus on the bigger picture of life when your day-to-day is unsettled. Of course, it is. It is. And I agree with that completely. 
but sometimes it comes in different ways like like what you what you experienced of course that like you were there at that moment where you were like okay i can be super chill i can decline offers i can be picky with my next opportunity right obviously you had the luxury and a lot, a lot of people don't have that luxury right. but having that internal like want of something better something different can come from different places of not just being in that place for sure like, spir- like spiritually right for sure when i started doing litigation i knew it wasn't for me and i was like and i was on survival yeah. survival mode i was like i need to get out of here like for my mental health like i am going to get sick Again, if i stay discomfort, here right? right i was so in discomfort and all my life um i've always worked and i've always like loved to have my money and all that stuff but it was always like i never felt discomfort like i was always just very confident Mm -hmm. and very positive and like i don't know like i never had a a moment where i felt like i need to get out of here right right? and that first litigation job i was like i need to get out right and i quit my job and i told my boss i'm like i'm putting my two weeks and i had no idea what i was gonna do and I was living in Brickell, paying rent. Yeah. Like, I was like, I have no idea, but there's something in me right. that's like, absolutely not. I cannot accept this life anymore. Right. Like, I just can't. Right. Like, I am not. I don't know what I'm going to do, but there was like something in me, and it was very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And back then, I wasn't really meditating. Like, sometimes I would meditate. Right. I was like, into it, maybe yoga. Like inconsistent, yeah. But not until that moment where I left, and I remember my last day... I really wanted to get into real estate. For some reason, there was something about real estate. Mm-hmm. My dad is a real estate agent, investor, so I was like exposed to the world a little bit. And I'm like, maybe I'll do real estate. I feel like real estate attorneys don't do that much. Yeah. Like, let me just, you know, maybe whatever. So my last day of uh, of work, this uh, guy from my building that was really good friends with my boss came in the office, and he's like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I want to get into real estate. Like, what do you want to do, though? Like, do you want to... And I'm like, I don't know. I was thinking about title companies. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't know much about title companies. My dad told me about mm-hmm. title companies. And he's like, why don't you open up a title company? Like, my dad. So in that that was, like, ingrained in my head mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I'll do a title company. And he's like, you should look into Old Republic. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I swear to God, that was a sign. It was an angel coming to my office to tell me what to do next. Yeah. After that, I searched them up, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. I found out the, the company. I needed to get my license to do title work. I needed to do all this stuff. And it just unfolded. Yeah. Like, I went into the market when it was, like, amazing. And and it was just a perfect time to kind of open a company, yeah. you know? So it just, you know, three years later, I'm, like, here. And it's, like, I have the time that, yeah. I, that I love. I have the luxury to live the life that I want to live. And... And obviously, it's hard work, and I'm not, and I'm very ambitious. I want to do more with my life and more, and this is why we're doing this podcast, you know? But it's like, I was meant to create that. Yeah. And it came to me in a way where I was looking for, for you know, something else, like an opportunity, but I was not in, like, this place where I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go find another job. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to get out of here. Right. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and it was like an... I don't know. It was like an ease. I don't know what right. it was, but it was, it's very different. Like I did leave and I was motivated because I was on survival mode. Right. So like being in a place that you're uncomfortable, I, I put myself in a very uncomfortable position where it was like, 
I'm starting a company. I don't even know how to file. Right. Like, well, how do you even <laughs> well, yeah. open a company? Yeah. Like, you know, and um, and so I was like in a very discomfort place, but I grew. Yeah. And it got to a point that when I started and I had clients and I had like no idea on what to do on certain things. I had no one there to tell me what to do, you know? And it was like, I knew at that moment, I'm like, I, I need this. Yeah. Like, I need to be able to do this because, yes, my title company is going to be a thing for me. I think for the rest of my life, I'm always going to have it there. But I know this is just a start of, like, so much right. skills that I need to get for, like, my next things. And, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But it's like, I know that this is, like, my next maybe one two years yeah the next logical step that's what i always call that's what i always talk about like your next logical step you don't have to be again like in your story really honestly beautifully kind of parallels and mimics mine in the sense that it's like okay i know i'm uncomfortable i know i don't want what i have right now i know i want Mm -hmm. better i don't know what it is and like both of us managed to stumble into something that's like i i actually love what I do I love my job I, I I love the work I do I get to learn so much I get to acquire new skills every day meet new people every day I get to just kind of experience things that again I could have never really imagined for myself and in a very kind of natural and again you know like I've been on the work from home work in, in the industry as a whole the, you know the, the like digital advertising industry it's, it's been it was remote before COVID so I, I was doing all that really even, I was yeah, gonna oh, ask yeah. You, yeah. oh no I've been doing that even before COVID so um I was kind of already down that path and I think that also that it's a lot of being willing to kind of exist outside of the paradigms that we're taught are normal because when I for example, now my parents don't really give a damn what it is that I do because they understood I'm taken care of, right? They understand I'm taking care of myself. I make good money. I'm doing. But when I first explained to them that I was making good money and I didn't have to go into a knot, they were like, "What, is, what the hell are you doing, right?" Like, and it's and it's it's challenging sometimes to go up against the paradigms that you're kind of just integrated into by the ways of life because you're thinking there's no way it could actually be this good, and that is such toxic ways of this is such a toxic way of thinking because it's like no it can actually be even better if you let it like if you let it and and that's something i'm working on even still is you know that feeling what's the phrase you know waiting for the other shoe to drop we always Uh talk you know it's like you're always kind of like okay the gig is up like what's the catch that kind of we have a million different phrases in, in our you know in our colloquialisms about it and it's like there doesn't always i'm learning that there actually doesn't have to be a catch and it's like a negative thing that's just implanted to into us like through society and culturally mm-hmm. to think that like things cannot be that good and that's such an oppressive way of thinking and it's even sad more sad than anything else because more often than not it's not someone else telling you that mm-hmm. it's yourself telling you that yeah and it's like girl like <laughs> shut up <laughs> like, like other yeah. me seriously shut up um because you undermine yourself when you do stuff like that you really do you kind of um we can sell ourselves short. You know, you, we, we always hear, like, oh, you're your own worst critic. And that's definitely you, true. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. really is. And I, nobody, is, nobody is not their own worst critic, you know. And then that's just the nature of, I think, being human. And, and that's, that's that. But I think our culture also. Yeah. Like, you're always like, you know, oh, you got to do this. You got to mm-hmm. do that. Or, like, mm-hmm. and, and it know. takes, in your case as well as mine, right? It, it, it was a matter of just saying, you know what, I don't really care. If anybody else would do it this way, I understand that this seems like a long shot if anybody else were to do it. If honestly, if one of my friends told me they were going to do this, I'd probably be like, you're an idiot. Don't do this. You know what I mean? And yet still we did. 
and it panned out and I think there was so much and especially when you're young because that was always kind of a little bit of a security blanket I had too it was like okay I'm like 23 I'm 24 I'm 25 like I can rebound I'm not so far down my life right. I'm not 45 with three kids and a mortgage and all this stuff like if it doesn't work out I'll have plan B and I'll have plan C and and I think there's value in in just remaining again open to opportunity that you don't even know exists mm-hmm. because it's 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 ultimately going to be what you never see coming that changes your life like you said like you talked mm-hmm. about you know your your angel your your little um you know your title company angel i have a, i have an angel in my life i always call talk about my yoga angel <laughs> my yoga jesus is what i would call him um <laughs> I, I was i'm big in the yoga you know yoga every day now i've been meditating for years i've gone to bali and done uh teacher training. you did yeah is that right? no yeah, way yeah, done, um the one here in, in jupiter florida as well but wait where in bali did you go what, what ubud, ubud and then okay. uh, the school oh god this is some long that's bad. I'll have to go look at my little certificate and see the official name That's of so it. That's so cool, but, yeah. though. Um, so it's been, yeah, I just, I, I had no, it was one of those things, again, like you said, that just being open. I was sitting at a coffee shop in Delray Beach working one day, and I'm just sitting there, you know, do, 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 working, and this guy comes walking up to me, and he's like, have you ever done yoga? Complete stranger. I was like, and at that time I hadn't. I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, oh, well, there's this new yoga studio opening up, you know, down the street here, like, do you want to go take a yoga class with me? And I was like, okay, sure. No like, I guess. way. Like, whatever. So <laughs> they give me his phone number. Like, the next day, I just figured he's some guy, like, macking on me, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the next day, he comes and picks me up in his black Jeep Wrangler. And we go to this yoga studio. And I was a gymnast, so I had, like, some natural, you know, inclinations toward it. It was very, okay. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I came out of it. I was like, wow, that was, like, amazing. Um, and they were offering a first month membership you know $40 unlimited classes mm-hmm. for the first month kind of thing and the guy bought me the unlimited membership and what I was like, oh wow like what he's like yeah I can really tell you enjoyed it like it's on me trust me and I was like okay thank you never saw him again never heard from him again never saw him swear to god oh yeah wait that's so never weird never saw him again but in that month I utilize that you know that free <laughs> membership or whatever and by the end of that month oh my god I was hilarious. at the end of that month i was hooked i was like i had just never done something that was so like especially an active something at this time yoga was still very physical for me i hadn't even gone deep enough into it to get into the mental and spiritual you know side of it yet but it was the first time i'd done like an active thing where you were kind of like forced to be quiet and and, and just be with your thoughts and yeah you know, just listen to the teacher and it was just a very different experience and and i really loved it um and I probably did a practice at the yoga joint in, uh, I guess it was Boca at the time, um, probably like for six, seven, eight months. And then I had this just like turning up feeling. I was like, I really love this. And I started having, and I, I still talk about it, I started at the end of the classes in Shavasana, I would always have a visit from my, my little purple friend. And I would have like, when I had a really good practice and, and I was really in tune, I could just see like this purple like luminescence mm-hmm. kind of emanating from my third eye. And I was talking to my teacher one day after class, and I was explaining this, and she was like, girl, that's your third eye. Like, you're plugged in. What? Like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. Like, what? And I was like, wait, what? Because I wasn't really privy to any any of that stuff yet. And um, that was enough for me to decide that I wanted to take a teacher training, not to become a teacher, but just to honestly further my yeah. education mm-hmm. in it, you know? Because um, you learn a lot about the body when you do it. Oh, yeah. so much. And that's how I did it, too. I, I got my 200-hour online yeah, yeah. through a Bali Academy. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if I want to be a teacher. I just, yeah. I want to do it. Like I, I think there's value in that, right? There, again, there's value in doing things like just for yourself, just because you want to. Yeah. And and I went 
to Indonesia. So just after I went to the conference where I ended up quitting my, my first uh, media buying job, came back knowing I was going to quit my job, but I'd already put in PTO to go to this month-long retreat in Bali. That's hilarious. So I was like, okay, I'm going to tell him after I get back from Indonesia ah! <laughs> I'm going to quit, I guess. So I went to Indonesia in February of 2020, which think about that. That was before, like, I came back and the world shut down. This was the craziest wow. experience ever. I was literally in the Hong Kong airport coming back, like, alone. This, this is like a movie. No way. So but did you finish your program? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was normal wow. in Bali. Yeah, we came back. I tried to get, I remember I was like, because they took our phones. You know, we didn't have our phones for a lot of it. And then I had a week after the end of the teacher training to go and be a tourist in Okay, Bali, yeah, know? yeah. So I get my phone back after three weeks of like no contact really with the outside no world. No way. And I have just messages, people freaking out. Like, how are you going to get back from Asia? Oh, ah, my God. Oh, my God. God. I was like, what the hell is going on? I didn't even know what was going on. Um. But the practice, the yoga I practice. love that you disconnected completely. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like crazy things happening. There's a no pandemic. Clue. I had no clue. I literally had no clue. But like, took, I had to like quarantine for like like 30 hours in the LAX airport when because I, I was flying through Hong Kong. I was flying mm. through China to come back. It was absolutely crazy. Literally, wow. this was, I'll never forget this. It seemed, it felt like, again, like a spooky, like sci-fi kind of horror movie. I'm going through the Hong Kong airport and the Hong Kong airport is unreal it's massive it's like a giant luxury mall plus a giant luxury it, it's it's insane and i was literally there were points where i was the only person that you could see wow. it was insane and there were these robot things scanning around and they were scanning people's body temperatures and if mm. you got tagged they were pulling your ass in the back thing you know wow. it was crazy um but the school of yoga that i practiced there was much more spiritual much more mental mm-hmm. than it was it was very little about asana most mm-hmm. of the time you were just sitting there in lotus pose meditating like oh my god you hours and hours and hours of time and wait really that's awesome yeah, yeah. so it was it was a very different because i came into it knowing that i wanted a different experience because i had started again to have those kind of like spiritual inclinations and, and understanding the value in and just kind of like calming my parasympathetic nervous system not just through movement but also through my breath through things like that mm-hmm. so this school was very focused on your pranayam and your meditation and um i mean i would just have i would just have these like deep outpourings of emotion through these meditations and things wow. like i don't even know where i don't even know why i'm crying <laughs> but yeah. i am and it's yeah. obviously coming from somewhere yeah you know? um, is is memories coming out yeah. of your body yeah. that they it's been holding on yeah. for years yeah. just like coming out and coming out so like i i had gone through this just internal churning of this experience over there and that was by far the most different place i'd ever been like asia is so drastically different than europe or you know even south america or central america it is just literally a whole different world it felt very alien um and i'd gone through this just like deeply moving experience and then i came back and like the world was shut down like i got home i think like march the third or something like that and then we went into full quarantine like march the 14th and i've never been more grateful because i now had these practices that made that time that slowed down time i was like this is a pleasure yeah (laughs) i was like this is a stay at home yeah like say less like okay um and and i'm and coming to my own and that was once i got back from that retreat in bali and kind of forced solitude through quarantine that was Mm -hmm. when i really started my daily sadhana like my daily yoga practice without fail every single day Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that's also probably one of the most important decisions I've ever made in my life was dedicating myself to a spiritual practice. Um, and it came to me through physicality, but then now my practice is much more, you know, I'll maybe do 15, 20 minutes of asana, like physical yoga, and then I'll move into meditation and breath work. Mm -hmm. And now those portions of my practice are 
much longer than the physical portion of my practice. Um, and do you do breath work every day? Every day. No way. What do you yeah. do? Generally, just I run through different forms of pranayama. I love, you know, your class. Sometimes you just got to chill, chill the hell out and you're doing your box breathing and things like that. I really love, um, I'm big into like kumbhaka. I'm not into the big fire breathing and, and I don't like the, the build your system up breaths. Those don't do much for me. I'm always okay. practicing pranayama to cool down and chill out. Cool down okay. and chill out. Okay, yeah. Um, and I just really look back again at how all these things kind of opened up to me and I look at the things that I think set me apart from a mentality mind like a mindset perspective and it's and it's those things it's those things that I've just made like my non-negotiables like a daily spiritual practice and I don't mean not honestly and I understand this now but it's to people on the outside looking and I'll often go to South Point Park right it's beautiful sunset there you know do my yoga my meditation and stuff and it looks like prayer but I had never, I didn't grow up, I could grow up in like a Christian religious family and things mm-hmm. like that, but I kind of, I had this like freaky, I don't really like this anymore moment of church at like 12 or 13 and my parents never forced me to go again. So I kind of grew up in that normal, you know, um, like Southern Christian type of society. And but you were I never, never curious? Like I never had, like, I never had a personal experience of like divinity. You know what I mean? I, okay. I, I, I'd never really had like a personal experience where I was like, I felt so connected and, you know, like in union with the universe. And I didn't mm-hmm. have those personal experiences until I started practicing yoga. And then I had these just aha moments of like, oh, like it is a form of prayer. Like like my my yoga is what the Islamic person is doing on their mat. That's what the, you know, yep. the Christian is doing bedside with their hands at their forehead every morning. And, and there's just like this interesting, I don't know, just like a willingness to, again, like from where I grew up, the way that I practice religion or spirituality is very outside, right? But again, it's a willingness to not really allow anybody else's perceptions yep. of what it should be to be how I'm doing things. Exactly. And and when if I could suggest anything to anybody listening, it's like, oh my God, like just meditate. Take five minutes every day. Literally five, five minutes. minutes every morning and yeah. meditate. That's it. And like, I know you've heard that a million times from anybody ever, but like, I swear to God, I swear to God it'll change your life. Um, it's the most powerful thing I've done. 100%. Like yoga and meditation, breath work for me is like, I I swear it's healing in the body. For sure, healing. You're, you're moving. Th- I think people forget that like, your breath is. is you know, we call it prana in yoga. It's literally your life force. It's literally mm-hmm. energy. If you're not breathing, you you're not alive, right? I so, know. Yeah. And, and um, people forget that like that breath. It, it could, yeah, we think about breathing through our lungs, but in reality, you're actually energizing your entire body. So when you're moving, you can intentionally think about it. I love to, when I teach yoga, I talked about, okay, we're in a certain pose or whatever. I want you to pull your breath to where it is in your body that you feel the tension, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that might be your hips. That might be your knee. That might be somewhere not even close to your lungs. But in that mind-body connection, you realize that you can actually collect your breath and move your breath to your yeah. knee or move your breath to your ankle. And um, just realizing again that we have every tool you could ever need to live the life you want to live is right here in front of you and more and ultimately that tool is just your mind and your mindset that's really it yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just finding you know again we talked about it getting out of that survival zone getting into a place where you actually have peace of peace of mind enough to create peace of mind and that sounds very counterintuitive because but it's again I, i wish i could find a way to help people who, I, I, well, I, I say these things, but I also don't believe that you have, like, it's, it's, it's not, a, like, attainable to reach 
a sense of internal peace while you're not, you know, financially stable or whatever. But I do think that getting your mind right, everything else will follow suit. Exactly. Right? I think it does come internally. I yeah. think at first, no matter your life situation, I think you have the tools within you and your body to be able to help better your situation. Oh, absolutely. My, th- and this is like a whole nother episode that I want to do with her, but my friend, she just got clean with cancer mm-hmm. and she had stage four cancer wow. years ago and the doctor's like you have like six months right. right i mean this is like an extreme story but she's like literally right next to, like she's someone that i you know i experienced this right you right. know you hear these stories but it's like oh yeah maybe no 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 this actually right. happened right. right and um she started with chemo and she's like this is not what's gonna cure me yeah she did one chemo and then she left Wow. And she's like, this is not me. Like, maybe for other people, just not me. Mm-hmm. And she's very spiritual. She mm-hmm. loves yoga. She's all very about, like, very similar like yeah. that. Um, and she went to, like, a, a holistic doctor and a nutritionist in Mexico or something. Long story short, she did a two-year diet. Um, it's called the Gerson diet. Okay. And it's basically just detoxifying your whole body right. with juices, enemas, like, yeah. just, like, cleaning your body inside out yeah. and meditating like almost all day and she's clean now it's amazing N- not one chemo session wow. like after well that first yeah. one but it's like yeah. nothing yeah. crazy and there's been a lot of like she's been telling me there's been a lot of stories like that a lot of people a lot of that that have been healed healed like this and people don't talk about it but it's like I mean, I understand, like, you know, that you never crazy, know. Right? Yeah, it's it like sounds People are crazy. afraid to talk about it because it sounds, like, it, again, it, it's, it's outside of conventional wisdom. Exactly. And, like, you know, people have their own opinions. Obviously, I don't want to disrespect anything. Like, right. you know, that's why I don't, I don't want to talk about it yet. And I know that she's going to want to come in right. and, and talk about yeah. it and tell her story. But it's, it's something that, like, it made me really recognize that, you you have the power to mm-hmm. heal yourself mm-hmm. like you have it mm-hmm. it's right at your disposal yep. and sometimes you're like yeah but this yeah but you know i have a mortgage yeah but this, this, this. I, I have to stay in this there's always something yeah there's always going to be something that you're going to be like well i need this yeah. so how can i believe in that never perfect right like, yeah there's no such thing as like oh am i ready you're never going to be ready you're never yeah, gonna be exactly. ready. Just do it. Oh, <laughs> no. There's a book called uh, "Becoming Supernatural" by um, Joe, Dispenza. Joe Dispenza. I'm reading it right now. Okay. Read it. <laughs> it talks a lot about yeah. this exact idea. Um, but he's. I mean, if if you believe in the power of the mind, that is, ab- or if you're even curious about the potentials of the power of the mind, Joe Dispenza is absolutely somebody that you should go and I would like anything else. Go listen to a YouTube video first. Don't don't go try to read the 400 page book first. It's gonna be a little dense. But um, I haven't even looked at the YouTube. I'm going to do that. He's good on YouTube, too. There's good stuff on YouTube. Um, but it, it's just like there is, and he does a great job of taking the, we'll call it the woo-woo way of thinking, right? The outside of conventional wisdom way of thinking, and then showing it with actual modern science, like real life science, like brain scans and then, you know, actually recordable quantitative data. And um, I hadn't really, he's actually someone I've just recently started diving into, but it, again, just down the stream of the, the, the Abraham Hicks school of thought, it was all kind of... I think it's, yeah, I think it goes yeah. after Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel For like sure. your, your, your first one is like actually, you know, 
starting to recognize that you control your life yeah. right yeah. but then this book actually goes into the analytics yes. of it it's like yeah. science yeah. like literally studies yeah. from years and years back mm-hmm. not not years like maybe 30 years yeah it's so modern yeah. it's so new it's, it's yeah. like very like new studies but it's, it's like it's like very profound and hopefully we get to a time where this is this is like what people knowledge yeah like people just know yeah right and i think that's what makes people very wary i guess of the yogic thought you know the the vedic school and the vedic text and things like that is it's like oh well they're 3500 years old how could it be applicable now because they were onto some shit that's how like (laughs) yeah like because they were plugged in tuned in you know um and and i think that's i mean i'm definitely seeing a theme in in our conversation in that there's just a lot of value in being willing to kind of go against the grain for your own good. Yeah. You know, and they mm-hmm. obviously, like, it's not good to be, you know, just countered for the sake of being a thorn in someone's side. But if, the, if, if your gut is telling you to do something and the only thing that's stopping you from doing it is it's not what everyone else would do, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Like, 100% do it. I am just I'm always a cheerleader for people willing to make, like, life-changing, life-altering decisions. Yeah. Because nobody else is going to make them for you. And it doesn't matter how bad someone else wants you to make those changes, unless you do it, it's not gonna happen, right? And and, and I think everybody just has to recognize. Sometimes I get tagged, people will be like, you know, well, that's like just because you're this or because I'm like, no, dude, I'm not saying like I'm the only person capable. I think we're all capable yeah. of this. I've just realized yeah. it. Yeah. You know, you've just realized like mm-hmm. you have to have that waking up again, like you said, of your ability to control your life through controlling your thoughts and like once you get again those little this first little taste and you just it's like the thread you just grab the rope and you just yeah, start uh-huh. following it and then like you said you know you look back and it's been three years and you've been successfully running a company for yeah. three years and you're like well if i can do that like what else can i do right exactly. like, what else can i like do? what's my next step yeah. like what's the yeah. next let's do it what's yeah. the next challenge every yeah. time and, and and it's and it's there's no addiction like the one to your own growth. I think that's the healthiest addiction anybody can have because there's not really a downside to being really absurdly focused on your own like optimization of life. I'm, I'm really big on like time management and, and, and understanding how you're spending your time and why you're doing things mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's been my big thing lately has been time management. And not that I was ever bad at it, but it's just like I realized that the more toned or like honed in the what I have to do is are, I have so much more free time otherwise. And we've talked about the benefit of having free time because you get to explore these other avenues yeah. of your life that just open the world up to you, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like, I think a lot of people could be a little more curious and have a lot more faith in themselves. Yeah. Like so few people really think they could like do anything. I'm like, dude, do it. Like I'm always, I'm like. Especially if it's something that you've, you've wanted for a long time mm-hmm. or maybe like, it's something that you you genuinely want to do right? like you, you just know, know. Yeah. the universe will conspire yeah and do it for Absolutely. you as well like literally Absolutely. like plan out you know the opportunities and put it out there because yeah. that's what you wanted to do from yeah. like the beginning like yeah. this is what you're meant to do or this is what you're meant yeah. to take the next steps and and it's just so important to listen to your body like yeah. that i think it's a great book to exemplify that idea it's like it's the alchemist by paulo paulo coelho mm-hmm. great book but it, i think it's a very like entry level version of that school of thought because right? it's a story it's right not, it's not yeah. actual like do these things not practices and principles it's a story of this young shepherd boy you know 
roaming through Andalusia and finding himself. Um, but it talks a lot about, like you said, you almost actually said a line from the book, like you just decide what you want and the universe will conspire to give it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's really honestly like that simple. Again, you know what you yeah. want, but you're not so fixated on, like know what you want, but don't be fixated on how you're going to get there. Just let the universe show you because we humans have a really bad, bad tendency of um, thinking we know everything. Yeah, and we want right? to control. 100%. Because we we're want- scared. Mm-hmm. We don't like the unknown. Mm-mm. I don't. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Like, I, I, I know what's best. I know the next step. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you're, like, you might have, like, one, two steps, one, two, three, four, and five. Like, those might be steps in the process, but that actually might be steps, like, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, right? Yeah. But because you're thinking, this is step one, this is step one, you're missing it, you know? You, I, yeah. I, and I hate to see, I feel like you see it a lot in, people down here in Miami honestly because there's there's a lot of opportunity here I really love I can't imagine yeah. my life having not lived here there's a I mean everywhere has its bads but as far as like growth I've, I've grown into certainly my adult version of myself and a version of myself that I'm very proud of here by just kind of like I don't know I'm almost like getting out of my own way do you know what I mean yeah. like, like really letting the people that I meet and the opportunities that present to themselves make those decisions for me yeah. as opposed to being a control freak. Wow. Because it's like, I don't know. I like to think I'm good at that kind of thing, but then sometimes you just make your life so hard. I need, to, I need to be reminded of that yeah. all the time. Same. And, the time. and it's like, and I think that's why, and, it, it, and it's, it, the universe definitely does do a good job of reminding you yeah. But again, sometimes you're so fixated on the wrong thing that you miss the reminders, right? And and it's like, you know, growth to me, growth is never a straight line. It's like a spiral staircase, right? So in a spiral, uh-huh. you kind of repeat the same spaces sometimes. You return back kind of to where you started at the same time. And and it's just being willing to sometimes, not even being willing, but sometimes you put yourself in these circular situations because, like you said, like you're not ready to hear the Abraham Hicks or whatever it may be. Like you're yeah. not ready for it yet. Yep. Because you can hear the same thing a thousand times and then just one time you're you, the dots are right elsewhere exactly and you're like, oh that's what that means exactly oh <laughs> yeah sometimes like i just think life it's a projection of your of where you're at absolutely so sometimes when you're not ready it's because you're just not there yeah like you're not in alignment with that energy yeah. yet and then when you are you're like wait this is exactly what you know like when you said when you were reading abraham yeah. hicks you're like it's literally the book describing what i've been feeling yeah and yeah. that's like you were ready for it yeah. you're like that's it my life is transformed like yeah. from now on it's like you know yeah. it's, it's just so it's again like there's a requirement I do think that a requirement to feel fulfilled in the life choices you're making is the reality to also sometimes say like oh, I fumbled that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean like oh maybe that wasn't my best move like maybe you know I, and, and, and taking those moments with grace because yeah I, I can be like I hold myself to this impossible standard sometimes and I and I'm getting better at it but it's like I used to be so hard on myself when things even if I got what I wanted in the long term if like I didn't get it my way oh my god I'd be yes like, oh my god like, <laughs> and now I look back on those moments and I'm like okay I can kind of appreciate why I was thinking that that might have worked or whatever and there's just so much and I think it comes with age like when you're young and you're figuring yourself out I mean I'm still young but you know like younger your early 20s especially like in this modern society, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for coming out of college, getting right after it. Yeah. You know? Especially yeah. now with like the different, you know, there's so many different ways to be successful. Like there's all these non-working ways, being an influencer, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? To like 
make a really good living and that puts a lot of pressure on people to feel like you got to come out crushing it out of the gate right it's like girl I didn't it takes years to look like an overnight success I love that yeah. phrase I hear you know that's one of my favorites it's like this was kind of on accident but I, I was doing the things I was yeah, doing right. on purpose you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> It's so counterintuitive. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Like, we're so impatient. But, yeah. oh, man, there's just so much to say about this. I love this conversation. And yeah. we're running out of time. Oh. But this is amazing. Yeah. And, like, we just need to do more because there's so many different topics. Yeah, we could we we should get a one. book Let's and, like, come back and discuss. Yes. yes, I love <laughs> it. No, I think, again, it's always great to hear, especially, like, on a closing note, like, I think you and I are really great examples of people who are not afraid to tell their story so that one other people can hear it but also like just being willing to kind of talk about things be it the spirituality and that a lot of people really dodge those subjects and we're never going to get to a place where everyone has access to them Mm -hmm. if we're never talking about exactly but you know i was never like this yeah i was always afraid to tell my story really it this just happened like literally a year ago woke up in you yeah literally there was i would do yoga and my throat chakra Ah. Was like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. And like, I little by little, obviously, I started becoming more true with my friends, yeah, with my close ones. And when yeah. I started realizing and being more of myself with my friends, my friends right? changed, yeah. Like, my oh, whole friend group, like, really changed. And like, I started hanging out with like the right people, I right. guess, quote unquote, right. And but then last year, I'm like, not just my friends need to you know hear the story right. and like the mindset that i have and like the mindset of yeah. so many people that i know yeah. a lot of people can benefit from all these different conversations yeah. and like and so when i started like really working on my throat chakra yeah. i would i would literally meditate on my throat chakra oh. and i'm like you know what let's do this podcast and it was so <laughs> scary and i'm just like this is so weird i'm talking about my instagram stories right like you're like do i look crazy no right this now? is why i love yeah, it like, and this is why i praise it because yeah. i'm like man i i watch your stories and some of them it's like, I, I needed to hear this. Yeah. Uh, you know what's the, that's probably the only, not the only reason, but I would say anytime, I, certainly anytime I'm posting something of like a spiritual or like just a kind of observational nature, I always get at least one person saying that. And that is so fulfilling. Because I'm not yeah. doing it mm-hmm. really with the intention of like a person in mind, obviously, but knowing that, okay, like just this random thing that I thought helped someone. I'm like, well, okay, yes, I guess. Yeah, you know, even one exactly. person, you know, and then and it's like, you know, so kudos to you for being vulnerable enough or being willing to be vulnerable enough to talk about things, like I said, that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, or mm-hmm. that used to make you uncomfortable, and now you're, like, out here thriving in it. Like, No, now I embrace it. I don't care. Yeah, right? Like, I have to. Like, yeah. it's just part of, like, what I needed to do. Yeah. I, I really feel like this is what I needed to do at this huh? point in my life. Well, here you are doing it. I know. <laughs> and we're going to do it again, Tammy. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being here.